The book of Philippians, once again, Philippians chapter number four, Philippians chapter number four, and we're going to look into uh, this chapter again this evening, and uh, I certainly enjoyed uh, looking at the, uh, what we looked at this morning and the truths that were there for us, and I look forward to uh, what God has for us this evening. It's a wonderful thought to know that you can have the peace of God and have peace in your life, and I trust that uh, we'll work uh, every day to keep God's peace in our life. Tonight, I want to look in the same chapter a few verses down. We'll begin reading with verse number 9, uh, Philippians chapter number 4, and I'm going to read down through verse number 13. And I'm going to be very practical uh, with the scripture this evening and make it very easy for us to apply some things to our life uh, that will make us a better Christian. It will help us in our daily walk. Uh, It will help us uh, be a help to other people. And I hope that, and I want to remind us once again, I hope that we want to live this life, first of all, to please God. And God gives us his book, his word, to help us please him. But I also want to use my life uh, to affect other people, to point people to Christ, to uh, encourage others. And this is going to help us do so. We're going to look uh, at, the, at the Apostle Paul this evening and how God used him in that capacity. Philippians chapter number 4, beginning with verse number 9. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. Uh, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased, I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. I want to look at these uh, few verses this evening, and I want to preach on this this thought, this subject. Lessons from Paul's experience. Just some lessons from Paul's experience. Paul is writing this letter from prison to the church at Philippi, to God's people. And as he comes to the end of this letter, uh, he is going to make some comments that certainly are helpful to you and I. Uh, But we can see and get insight from these verses of scripture, of some of the experiences that Paul has had. God used his experience, obviously under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, to pen these words. And so we can draw from these experiences uh, to get some things that God is wanting to teach us tonight as well. And so uh, let's look at some lessons from Paul's experience. Let's ask the Lord to help us tonight. Father, thank you again for the music we've already heard, the the old hymns that we were able to sing tonight, the uh, spirit that is here in uh, the fellowship beforehand and throughout the service tonight. But Father, as we look into your word tonight, we need help. We need to be encouraged. We need uh, the, the strength to uh, go out to this world and to, uh, to do the, fulfill the responsibilities we have, but to also uh, point people to Christ, to be a light in this world. Father, I pray that your people would be helped tonight. Uh, may your church be strengthened. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Paul is obviously, as I've already mentioned, coming to the end of this letter. And there's uh, the book of Philippians is a uh, book, as is the rest of Scripture, that's just packed full of practical applications. Uh, Chapter 4 is a series of sermons can be preached just from this one chapter. And I'll not preach that whole series tonight. And so I just want to encourage you with that. Uh, But uh, there's so many practical applications that we can have and we can add to our life tonight. But as Paul writes, and certainly I remind you uh, that Paul, God has used used Paul in a great way 
Uh, Paul is the human author of the majority of the uh, New Testament. And uh, Paul, we know, was a wicked man. He was a uh, religious man, but a wicked man who persecuted God's people. And aren't we thankful that Jesus can save anybody? And anybody who wants to be saved can be saved. And Saul, uh, who he was before he met Christ, met Christ, and uh, he was certainly changed and born again. And God used his life uh, in many ways. But Paul experienced a lot of things that very few people experience. Paul was used in a way that was very unique to him. But there are some things that Paul went through that we can draw from that will help us. Uh, it is, there's an old saying that said that, uh, and I, I'm sure I'm paraphrasing it, uh, but those that uh, fail to know history or learn history are destined to repeat it. And uh, we see that in our own country today. It's like all of a sudden communism is a good idea. Um, history tells us a different story. Uh, but if we don't know that history, we're destined to repeat it. I make that little application to Scripture in a, in a more uh, serious manner. God has prepared for us uh, things to avoid, things to follow, things to know. He has put bad examples, good examples in Scripture for us to follow. I'm thankful that God has used, in this case, in the book of Philippians, He gives us some things that we can draw from Paul's experience to help us through ours. As I preached this morning, God wants to help us in our times of burden. God will help us. We can have trouble all around us. Don't we live in a troubled world? But you know, I can have peace. You can have peace. How can we have peace? I preached on it this morning. Because peace comes from God. We can look in all these different places for peace and we'll never find it because there's only one origin of peace and that's from God. If this world really wanted peace, they'd look to God because that's who gives peace. So I can have peace in a troubled world. Paul continues to write, and there's many other things that he writes that I'll perhaps preach on at another time, but I want to be very practical. I don't believe, I'm going to say the words that the preacher's not supposed to say. I don't think I'll be very long tonight. Um, so you can take that how you can get comfortable then. Uh, but I want to be very practical on some lessons from Paul's experience. I want to see number one, that Paul set an example. Look at me in verse number nine. Those things which he have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. Now, by the way, um, we have a bad habit as Christians to learn, receive, and heard, and heard, and heard, and uh, hear, but not do. If Christians did what they knew, we, you, you wouldn't be, we wouldn't need a political revolution. Churches wouldn't be closing their doors. If Christians just did what they know the Bible, we're not have, we don't have a problem as God's people not doing that which we don't. Well, there's some things I don't understand. That's not our problem. The problem is we're not doing the things we do understand. And Paul says, here's just a practical, novel idea. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do. Do. Well, I can sense as... Paul felt a sense of ownership, if you will, and he had great concern for these Christians and all through his missionary journeys as he planted church and won people to Christ and encouraged their brethren. And, and boy, and, and we spent time on that uh, some time ago on all of his companions and how much they meant to him and all of those things. It was just his desire that they do what they knew they were supposed to do. Well, I can relate to that tonight as your pastor said, what does your pastor want for you? I just want you to do what the Bible tells us to do. 
Pastor, I love you. What can I do for you? Well, the things that you've seen and you've heard, if you learned, just do them. But he says, do. And the God of peace shall be with you. But what, is, what, do, I, what, what do I want to draw from from this verse is Paul set an example. He says, do, but he gave an example of what they were supposed to do. Well, that's a, we don't say enough about that, about setting the right kind of example. Well, it's just about me, and, and, I, and I don't affect anybody else. That's not true. You're setting an example for someone. You're setting an example for those that come behind you. Mom and Dad, let me remind you, you're setting an example for the children in your home. If the things of God are not important to you, or we set an example of it, we hear and we know, but we're not, we don't have to do everything we know, that's not a good example. Paul said, these things do, and he set an example. Uh, we need to do uh, the things that we have uh, we've received that we know to do, and when we do what we ought to do, we'll receive God's blessings. We preached on that this morning. We do what we ought to do, we'll receive God's help. I'm thankful that as a pastor, as a preacher, I can look to previous generations and uh, older men of God and those that have even gone on to heaven and those that are recorded in history and look at the fact that if they seek the face of God and they follow the word of God, they, they can do a work for God. I get great encouragement from that because my God is not a respecter of persons. Uh, he'll do for me what he did for somebody else. He'll do for you what he's done for others. We ought to set an example. As a pastor, I want to set an example to these children that you can have faith in God. I want to set an example of when it's, when it's difficult, you can trust God and you can keep going on. There's too many examples for these children in this room of quitters. They need some examples of men and women who love the Lord, who no matter what are not going to quit, they're going to finish. Men, we need to set an example to the generation that comes behind us of what a Christian man should be. Let me help you with that. This is going to be a deep, deep theological study tonight. He ought to be a Christian. And there should be no mistaking that he's a man. You put those two together and you get a Christian man. Oh, we need a, a, a revival of Christian manhood. Set an example. Take the lead. Don't shirk your responsibility. Same thing is true when it comes to a Christian lady. We need to set those examples. We need to set the right kind of example. Paul could say, say well, he's certainly full of himself to be able to, to say, just what you've learned of me, go ahead and do it. No, Paul had lived enough life, and he had fought enough battles, and he set an example to say, do what I've done, and you'll receive the same result that I've received. It ought to say something to you and I that Paul once again mentions in verse number 9, and the God of peace. We talked about the peace that comes from God. Again, he's talking about the peace of God. Where is he? He's in prison when he writes this, and he's talking about peace. No doubt, some of the Christians who are reading this letter who are in prison, they don't have peace in their life. So what he's saying is, if you do the things that I have done as I have followed Christ, you do those things, and the God of peace is going to be with you. You're going to get the same results. Young people, if you follow things that are right, you follow those who have set a good example, you will get the same result that God has given them in their life. 
Boy, I learned this when I was young, and I'm thankful for examples that I had in my life. It's, it's, not, it's not complicated. You look at those who've done right, and it works out okay. You look at those that don't do right, and it never works out okay. There's, 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 there's missed blessings. There's missed opportunities. And as God's children, he does chastise us. I mean, I'm not, I'm not the smartest person, but I'm smart enough to know what I don't want, what I do want. So we need to be willing to follow the examples that have been set for us and pay close attention to those, but also be willing to set an example. Can I just interject this real quick because I think it'll be a help to us? There's an example of those who listen to the counsel of the pastor that God's placed in their life. There's an example of those who don't. Mom and Dad, let me help you. Those children that live with you, they're not as dumb as you think they are. They pick up things. Now, I don't know of any situations, so it's good for me to say this one. I don't know of anything. But if you disagree with the pastor, that's okay. I'm okay with it. I'm secure enough in my position. You can disagree with me. I don't, it, it's fine. Now, you'll be wrong, but I mean, you, can still, you, you have a right to be wrong. Um, but be careful about voicing that disagreement. Because your child may need a pastor one day. Let me rephrase that. Your child will need a pastor one day. While you're listening to a man who is not perfect, he is not omniscient, he is not all-knowing, but he is the pastor that God has placed in your life. By the way, you joined the church. You said, hey, you be my pastor. So just want to remind everybody of that, Okay. You, you pick the misery you're living with, all right? But be very, very careful um, because others set a good example. Set the right kind of example. From a teacher children when they're young about stewardship, about we're always going to be in the house of God. I, I, it, it's not complicated. Why don't we all decide as Christians tonight that we want to be the kind of person that we can look to the generation that comes behind us or to a new Christian and say, just follow what you see and do it. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Number two, after he not only sets an example, and by the way, you have to endure hardship to be able to be an example. You have to live a little life. Um, we live in a generation today, and it's sad in our nation, where we discount the older generation. And you have a bunch of rebellious adult children who have no regard for their parents, no regard for the generation. Don't be that way. Those that, have, that are older than us, which for some of you, that's not many, but they've lived and they've learned some things, and they could be an example. And, I, and I'm thankful. And I look around the building, and there's so many who you've been faithful to the things of God for so long. You've set a good example. Have you been perfect in it? No. But you're setting an example. And that will be a challenge to all of us who would be in a younger generation to say, hey, I want to be faithful enough long enough so that others can look to me and say, I, don't, they, I may not do it every way they did it, but they're still here. They're still faithful. They're still serving God. And it's an example. Set an example. Number two, 
This is a easier one said than done. Look at verse number 11. Not that I speak in respect of want, but I, for I've learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Number two, be content in all situations. Be satisfied with where God has you. That doesn't mean you don't strive for more, want to do more, but if God's got you in a situation, you trust the Lord. You cannot be content without faith. You can't be content if you, if you don't go back up to what we saw this morning in the peace of God and trusting God, not being anxious for anything. I'm going to expound on this with point number three, but let me just, uh, just say, say to you this evening in that whatsoever state I am and being content, it's a state of mind that this is where God has me. I'm going to serve God where he has me. I'm going to be faithful. Hey, life didn't work out the way you thought it was going to. You, be still be, you have an opportunity to still serve God. You have an opportunity to still be an example. You have an opportunity to still do something for the cause of Christ. Too many times we as God's people are looking back at missed opportunities and God has given us an opportunity right in front of us. Hey, I can't do what I thought I was going to do or what I thought God had for me or maybe I blew it or maybe it just didn't turn out that way. Be content with the opportunity God has right in front of you. I learned in whatsoever state I am. I'm sure when Paul trusted Christ and when Paul was called to the ministry and Paul was uh, sent out from, from the church... I don't know that he had, okay, here's my ministry bucket list. I'm going to spend time at this prison and this prison and this prison. And I was beat with, was a 40 stripe save one? And one of these days I'm going to get to that 40. I mean, I just, I mean, I, I don't think that was his ministry bucket list. He wanted to serve the Lord, but whatever state God had him in. I had to live in Indiana. It was hard to be content in that state, let me just tell you. But anyway, I don't think that's what he's talking about. But uh, wherever God has you, be content. Now, I want you to notice something. Because sometimes we look at these Bible characters and we look at them as being superhuman or super Christian. Paul was flesh just like you and I. Paul's testimony was the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I do, the things I don't want to do. He had a battle with his flesh just like you and I. I want you to know something that's key. First of all, if you have a hard time with contentment, this ought to help you. Because I'm not, I have to tell you, I have to battle this. We all do. Not that I speak in respect of want. Paul is going to talk to these Philippian Christians, and it's another message for another time. And these people did everything they could to care for his needs. So he's going to begin to address this with them as he concludes this letter. So he says, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned of whatsoever state I am. Notice that word, for I have learned. Contentment is something that has to be learned. It doesn't come natural to you and I. Sometimes we look at different talents and abilities that God has given us. Oh, this person, was, this person can sing, and God's given them this ability. And this person can do this, God's given them this ability. Oh, and God has gifted them with a talent of contentment. That's not a talent. It's something that has to be learned. Sometimes in the Christian life, we're not as hard on ourselves in the areas that we need to be harder on ourselves. But the other side of that is we're too hard on ourselves. In, in, I should know better. Know some things you have to learn. I hope when your kindergartner comes home and they can't do algebra that you don't punish them. Um, they have to learn it. Kindergartner comes home first day of school. You know, they're, they're you know, first day of school. Well, can you, can you read and write yet? 
No, I just didn't eat glue today. I, what in the world are we paying for that Christian education for? Why can't you read? It has to be learned. And teachers, you know, they, they learn very quickly. You have to be patient because there's things that have to be learned. When is this child ever going to learn that you get? They have to learn it. Some learn faster than others. Contentment has to be learned. Let's think about this for a moment. If you have to learn it, somebody's got to teach it to you. Who teaches you? God does. Sometimes we find ourselves in situations that are unexplainable. We get upset, we get bitter, we get angry at God, but maybe God's just trying to teach us contentment. You think being content with what God has for you is pleasing to him? It shows trust to him. But we must learn to be content. So we see another lesson from Paul's experience that he could be content in all situations. Number three, here's a, we expound a little bit more on this. Let me say, accept what life brings you. Paul writes in verse number 11 about being content. He goes right into verse number 12. I know both how to be a base. Now he's going to tell you how he learned how to be content. He's going to tell us now in this verse how God taught him to be content. Look at verse number 12. I know both how to be a base and I know how to, be, to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Let me, number three, let me mention it again, is to accept what life brings you. Paul knew what it was like to be on the top and the bottom. Hey, if you're on a mountaintop tonight, enjoy it. Take pictures. And breathe in that air. Because there's a good chance. Valley's coming. Paul's saying, I know how to be on the mountaintop. I know how to be in the valley. I know how to, uh, to be abased. I know how to abound. I know how to be brought low. I know how to have people curse me and beat me for preaching the gospel, to mistreat me. But I also know what it's like to have God's people encourage me, open their home to me, sacrificially give so that I can preach the gospel. See, we, we must... To truly enjoy the blessings of God, you've got to understand that there are times when we go through those difficult times. He could be content. He learned how to be content because he knew what it was like to be a base. He knew it was like to abound. What did he do? He just accepted all the phases of life. Friend, life is not all, can I say it like this? Rainbows and unicorns. Life is not all fun. While some are enjoying blessings, others are going through a difficult time. I taught on this this past Wednesday night and a couple of Wednesday nights ago. Sometimes God allows us to go through those things because he wants to purify us. We shouldn't get mad or angry at God. It's just part of life. The book of Ecclesiastes is a wonderful book for a Christian to keep perspective. Let me challenge you. Some point in the next week or so, just to block off some time and read the entire book in one sitting. It reminds you that life is phases, ups and downs, difficulties and blessings. And sometimes we say, oh, God's just trying to get my attention. No, you're just living in a fallen world 
with fallen men. And sometimes that's just the way life is. Now, sometimes God is trying to get your attention, but what I'm reminding you of this evening is what I believe Paul sets a test and lesson from, except what life brings you. Enjoy the blessings of God, but sometimes God's going to teach us, through things, teach us in a way where they only can learn. You know, it's interesting, those of you that um, can think back to when you were in school or maybe you, you do some teaching now, I can still remember things from school. Oh, congratulations. That was kind of, let me finish that. Um, I'm tired this evening. Finish things from school that I got wrong. And because I had to correct it, it's stuck in my mind. It's those wrong lessons. It's because Miss Triplett would mock you and humiliate you when you got something wrong. That's what it was. Um, no, it's, so, you know what lessons you remember in life? The ones that hurt the most. You ever break a bone? I jumped off the roof, did this or did those sort of things or whatever. Oh, you remember. Be careful. Sometimes the lessons you remember the most are the lessons that hurt the most. We need to be reminded never to forget where we come from. If you remember where you've come, remember those times where you were abased, remember the times where you started and God has brought you to a certain place. Accept the life, accept what life brings you. We don't have to like everything in life. This, this makes sense tonight. We don't have to like everything life brings us. But Paul says, I can be content because I've accepted the times I've been abased. It's part of life. I've accepted the times that I've abound. I abound. It's part of life. I've accepted these things, and in all things I am instructed. Can you say that in all things you're instructed when you're brought low, when God allows things to come in your life, are you, can you be instructed there? Can you be instructed when God blesses? He says, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Uh, accept what God bring, brings from you. Let me just give some practical help to young adults and young couples tonight. Don't look at what those who are ahead of you in life have and push, place yourself on that level. Um, I think it wasn't fun, but I, after being married for however long I've been married now, 27 years, I think that's right. It's been so wonderful. It's just, just flown by. It has. Um, boy, I'm thankful for the times we struggled. I'm thankful for the times where it was like, well, I hope we make it another week and a half before payday and things of that nature strengthens you. And as a young adult, it's okay to be abased a little bit. It's okay to have to struggle. Parents, let your kids struggle some. We want to, it's in, in us. Well, I don't want my, my child to struggle. I don't want them to, they're out on their own. I want to make sure they have, no, they need to learn that God will take care of them. I don't think to say, I haven't eaten in three days. So too bad, get out, go, go, home to your, go home to your husband. I mean, okay, there's some practical things there. You can buy them a cheeseburger. Um, but you, you know what I'm saying. It's, Paul said, I accept what life brings me. How could he say that? Because he, in verse 4, he said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. 
Verse 5, it says, let your moderation be known. Though He goes through and what we preached this morning, and he could have the peace of God because he trusted God. He learned to be content because he accepted what life brought him. Number four, and finally, perhaps one of the five most quoted verses in Scripture and often quoted out of context is verse 13. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Let me just say number four, Paul learned this lesson that Christ is your strength. This is not one of those, if I invoke the name of Jesus, then I can do anything. I, I just, just, just claim the name of Jesus. You know what? I can stand at the bottom of Mount Everest and say, God's going to give me strength to climb this mountain. Yeah, I'm probably not going to make it. Um, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. How can we do all things through Christ? Well, you have to have that in context, context of the previous verse. He says, I know what it is to abound. I know what it's like to be abased. I know what it's like to be full. I know what it's like to be hungry. I know what it's like to abound, to suffer need. In verse 11, I can speak of the things I've learned and whatsoever study I'm there with to be content. Complete trust in God brings that strength. Christ is not just a name to be claimed, but a Savior to lean on and a God to strengthen us. We must depend on Him. I, I, don't, I don't think Paul enjoyed prison. I don't think he enjoyed it one bit. I don't think Paul enjoyed the beatings, the shipwrecks, the, all the things that he went through. How did he endure that? Because Christ truly was his strength. Because he depended on him. If we only can serve God when things are well, we won't serve him very long. How could Paul say those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do because God's people had seen him at the high times, the low times, and he had set an example of God gets me through. Who do you depend on? One of the things that Satan has used in our nation is we have a people who depend on the government. That is more than a political problem. That is more than an economical problem. Because we, you and I and man should depend on God. We should depend on Him. You know, that, and, and, and that, is a, that should not bleed into church, churches in God's people. Christ is our strength. You can survive when you are abased. Because I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. But you have to have a relationship with Him. You have to, as we saw this morning in verse number 6, we be careful for nothing. We're going to take that anxiety that life circumstances bring us, and we're going to trust God. He can get us. How are we going to do that? We're going to take our requests to Him, and we're going to talk to Him about it. And as I mentioned this morning, it's good for us to be reminded tonight that I've never gone to God in prayer and said, God, this is what I need. This is what circumstances have brought me. And I have left that 
feeling less confident but more confident. Less peace but with peace. Why? Because I've talked to the person who can do something about it. And we put it in God's hands. He will give us that peace. But I can say I can do all things. Why? Because I'm depending on God to do it. God, Paul, when he wrote this, he penned this from prison. He was not thinking about an NFL player giving God the glory on Sunday, the Lord's Day, for scoring a touchdown. He's not, that's not what he's thinking about. He was thinking about his prison cell and what God had called him to do and advancing the cause of Christ and say, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Where do we get our strength tonight? Well, our strength is in Christ if we use Christ for our strength. Oh, he's available to you and I. So we look at the Apostle Paul and we look at the lessons that he has left for us. And you know, we, go to, we conclude tonight, and, and, and I've kept my promise, and so far I've kept my promise, and we'll see how long it takes me to wrap it up. What an example Paul has set for you and I. Let's follow it. Let's do what we've learned. There is a problem in our nation with Bible ignorance. There's a lot of people who think they know the Bible, but they don't. You have to actually read it. We need to live it. But if you and I would take the Bible we do know, and we would live it, it would make a big difference in our life. And that's a good way for us to evaluate our Christian life, isn't it? Am I doing everything I know I'm supposed to do? Am I doing everything that this Bible has taught me that I'm aware of? It's a great responsibility when you go to a Bible-preaching, Bible-believing church to do what we have been taught to do. Let's set an example. If you set the right kind of example, you're doing more for the cause of Christ than you think you are. Let that sink in for just a moment. If you set an example for somebody to come behind you and follow... You're doing a great thing for the cause of Christ. Because whether you realize it or not, somebody else that God's allowed to intersect with your life is going to have an example. Sometimes God allows things to go into our life so that we can act appropriately, take the proper stand, continue to go on in spite of, because God wants a standard to be set if I will intervene for them, if I will give them strength, I'll give you strength as well. Hold us set those examples. Let's follow him. Let's be content. Hey, quit, quit thinking about the opportunities that has gone by and look at the opportunity God has given you right in front of you to serve him today, to do for him today. Oh, let's follow Paul's example. Let's set an example for those who come behind us. Hey, if you would say, hey, I know what it's like. I can identify with Paul. I'm being abased right now. Hang on. God will get you through. Accept what life brings you. Because life brings you different things. But trust Christ through every aspect of it. Father, help us tonight as we consider these truths.